Oh, I'm telling you, I'm believing there's some something mighty happening. Woo! Praise God. You guys having fun yet? All right. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. Uh, I'm going to start with verses 1 through 5. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are always welcome in this place. We will never cut the Holy Ghost off. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 5. It says, Arise, shine, for your light it has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around, and see, they all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. I like that word, radiant. So good. And your heart shall swell with joy. How many would would like to have your heart swelling with joy? Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Now, we as Christians, we have a purpose on this earth. Amen? We have a mission on this earth. If getting born again was the end game, if that was the end goal, God would have raptured us up right when we got born again, right? But I pinched myself this morning, and I found out I'm still on planet earth. Amen? But that's a good thing, because God wants to use you. God wants to use me. Amen? Here's the deal. Listen to this. I am seeing too many in the body of Christ who are constantly looking up. They're constantly focused. Here it is. You ready? They're focused on an escape man mentality. It's an escape mentality. They're, they're hiding spiritually, if you will. Now, here's what it is. Here's an escape mentality, all right? It's Christians who are constantly saying, oh, Lord, you know, just take us out right now. They're so focused on, Lord, just get me out of here, that they're doing nothing for the kingdom of God. That is the escape mentality. It's kind of like this. Let me break it down to what you can really understand. If you own a business, all right? Paul, I know you own a business. If you hire someone and someone's constantly saying, okay, they just get there at 8 o'clock or 7, whatever it is, and they keep saying, oh, 5 o'clock, I'm just focused on 5 o'clock, it's coming, and that employee never worked at all. That'd make you a little upset, wouldn't it? How do you think God feels? We need to get rid of this escape mentality. Let me just let you in on something. Jesus is coming back. But Jesus said, occupy until I return. We're the body of Christ, I'm telling you, when evil things are happening in this dark world, many Christians, they, they just have that attitude. Here it is. They say, well, the Bible says it's going to happen. It's an end time thing, right? And they say that. And they stay silent and they sit back doing nothing. Now listen to me. The escape mentality is a manifestation of one of two things that are going on. Number one, it's spiritual laziness. Say laziness. 
Or number two, it's a lack of knowledge of what the Word of God says. Just because, listen to me, just because the Word of God says and, and, you know, that things are going to get darker and darker as we get going and, uh, toward the return of Christ, we are still expected to stand up for righteousness. Did you know that? Many Christians are acting like, here's what it's like, many Christians are acting like sin and the darkness of these times are the will of God. They say, well, the Bible says it's going to happen. So they immediately think, oh, well, it must be God's will. And they sit back and they let evil triumph. That's not the case. Evil and sin are never the will of God. And we are always expected to let our voices be heard and do something about it. It's not the will of God. Listen. God is simply giving us Christians a glimpse of the sign of the times. He's telling us this is going to happen. But let me tell you something. God is not okay with it. Come on, someone hearing me this morning? He is not okay. He's telling us what's going to happen. Just because the Word of God tells us... Here we go. Here's another one. Just because the Word of God tells us to pray for government leaders does not mean that we shouldn't expose and speak the evil that they're promoting on this earth. Here, let me, let me tell you. So, so, you know, a lot of times you'll just hear people say, oh, you know, we're supposed to pray for our leaders. Yes, we are, but we're not supposed to tolerate the evil. We're still supposed to speak up against what they're doing. They use the prayer as an excuse to be quiet. Don't say anything. Don't stir any waves. Right? You ever hear that before? Oh, no. We're here to stir some waves, people. Amen? So some say, just pray about it. Don't talk about it. Well, I got to tell you this then. Thank God the founders of this country didn't have that attitude when they were trying to seek freedom from tyranny. I'm telling you right now, pastors even from the pulpit rose up. They rose up and they spoke it from the pulpit. We are not supposed to be okay with evil. Thank God the founders were strong. Thank God they spoke up and they spoke truth. Amen? We need Christians to do it. The fact is this. Yes, we need to pray, but we also need to let our voices be heard and stand up for righteousness in this country. Amen? Do you know why the homosexual and transgender uh, and all these dark things that are going on, do you know why they're gaining ground in popularity? Because they are loud and they are bold about it. And they have the secular media on their side. I'll even say this. The, the transgender and homosexual movement, it's not near as popular. But guess what? Because they're loud... It sure looks like it. And they have the secular media on their side. That's the only reason why it looks like they're... Where's the Christians? Oh, Jesus, just take me out of here. Take me out of here, Jesus. No, you need to be speaking up against this junk. Amen? Isaiah 60 verse 2 says that that darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And verse 1, I like this. Verse 1 goes, it says, arise and shine. In other words, let me, let me just kind of rephrase that where we can all understand. Get off your backside. Come on, somebody. Arise and shine. 
In other words, get up, get busy with the kingdom of the business of the kingdom of God. Amen. We, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus said that all who will profess him, all who will follow him, you will be hated by the world for his name's sake. Christians are always trying to prove Jesus wrong. The only way you're going to be loved by the world is being lukewarm. And you know what lukewarm is? It's taking some hot water and it's taking some cold and mix it in. And you can't tell the difference between that lukewarm Christian or the world. That's why God hates it. In fact, lukewarm Christians, listen to me. If you're a lukewarm Christian, I would rather you not speak the name of Christ because you're giving everyone else a bad name. You're giving Jesus a bad name. Come on, somebody. Amen. So this passage is telling us not to blend in with darkness. Don't allow evil and darkness to remain unchallenged. Get up, arise, and shine. Do something. Say something. You know something? I found something out. That light always dispels the darkness. It is impossible for darkness to remain when the light switch is flipped on. And if you will arise and let your light shine as a Christian, I'm telling you, the darkness will flee. They will notice. Amen? So we as Christians are the light of the world. We allow our light to shine in two ways. There's only two ways to let your light shine. You ready for this? Your spoken words and your actions. Your spoken words. You try, try to prove anything. Throw something at me after service. If there's any other thing, if there's any other way to let your light shine as a Christian, I want to know about it. But I think actions, faith without works is dead, and your words, spoken words, those are the most powerful. That's how we do it. We are the light of the world. We are called to advance the kingdom of God on this earth. We are called, like I mentioned earlier, here it is, we are called to occupy until Jesus returns. I'm going to touch on that in a moment, but go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. Oh yeah, you look through the history. David, David Barton has a ministry and he talks all about uh, the Constitution, freedom, the founding of this country. And you will see, this country would not have been formed without preachers from the pulpit being bold. Are you following me? It wouldn't have happened. Christians were involved in that process. 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 4. It says, You therefore, Christians, must endure hardships, a hardship, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him, underline it, as a soldier. We as Christians are called to come out from this world system and to be separate. Or how verse 4 puts it, don't entangle yourself in the junk of this world. Right? Now, we are living in the world, but God says, don't be of it. We're in it, don't be of it. In, don't be, come on, do it with me. We're in it, don't be of it. Amen? In fact, he said in... in, uh, 2 Corinthians 7, 6 and 7. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Be different. Let your light shine. Amen? Now, 
So don't attach yourself to any worldly thing. This is what being entangled with these things. Don't attach yourself to any worldly thing that will compromise your position as a soldier for Jesus Christ. Why? So that we can, so we can please the one that enlisted us, our Heavenly Father. Amen? In other words, let's take it a little deeper. Don't commit treason against the kingdom of God. Do you know what the word treason means, by the way? The word treason means this, the crime of betraying one's country. We're seeing it right now with the Biden administration. We're seeing it right now with the Democrats. Come on, hello, somebody. We're seeing it. There's a treason going on. And people are letting this stuff go on in our own country. This is evil. They're betraying. Amen. You can see it. They're slowly taking away, taking away the rights. They're slowly taking away liberties. They're trying to make America a socialist country to usher in the one world government. Now, the Bible talks about the end times, about how a one world government's going to come in. So, again, you got Christians who say, well, that's prophesied in the word. In other words, just go ahead and let it happen. You escape the earth. Come on. You, you, that is the escape. God is just telling us what's happening. He's not saying, don't sit back and let it happen. You're expected to stand for righteousness. Amen. Uh, I mean, if we're just going to sit back and let it happen, then what you're saying is God approves of sin. Anybody agree with that one? Do you, do you think God approves of sin? Absolutely not. We shouldn't either. Now, here, listen to this. This is powerful. The word occupy. Let's talk about the word occupy. We just found out we are a soldier for Jesus Christ. Amen? The word occupy is a military term, by the way. The the word of God calls us soldiers. Here it is. The definition of the word occupy means to to take hold of or to take possession of, to hold or to keep for use. To fill the dimensions of, to take up room or space, to cover, to possess or use the time or capacity of, to engage the service of, to employ, here it is, to be busy. Now, we are absolutely called to take possession of and to fill the dimensions of this earth with the kingdom of God. We are, Jesus said, occupy You need to be occupying until I return. In other words, don't be lazy. Get busy. Amen? To be able to occupy a place or a location, militarily speaking, you need to be on the offensive. Listen to me. Too many Christians are in a defensive mode. You, you, you know what I'm saying? There's those Christians who are constantly, oh, Satan, don't get me today. Don't, oh, don't get they're in, They're just, they're just oh, in that kind of mode, defensive. Are you following what I'm saying? But the only way, the only way you're going to gain more ground for the kingdom of God is to go after them. To go after Satan and his evil kingdom. Amen? It's like a football game. The offense, you're trying to gain more ground. Amen? The defense is just trying to hold them, hold them from getting more ground. We need to be on the offensive as Christians. And here's the deal. When a Christian starts to go on the offensive, the enemy gets all confused. Man, he can't, 
He can't stand it because he wants you to stay just in a defensive mode. But when you start to be, come on, a radical Christian. But you know what? I found this out. A radical Christian is a normal Christian. What we call radical, God says, that's normal. That's your, come on, reasonable service to my kingdom after I sent my son Jesus to die on that cross to take that punishment. Amen? The title of my message today is Touching Heaven, Changing Earth. Touching Heaven, Changing Earth. The only way we're going to make a difference in this dark world is for us as Christians to touch heaven and release the power of God on earth. Amen? I want to share with you just some keys today on how to touch heaven in your walk with God that will impact the world around you. I want to show you why the Lord uses. Let's start off with this. Let's go a little deeper into this occupy thing. Uh, You know, I want to show you why the Lord uses the word occupy, and it's a military term. Go with me to Psalm 24. This might be something you never thought of before, and it's powerful. You, I, I need you to get a revelation of this. If you're going to do anything significant for the Lord, you need a revelation of this truth. Psalm 24, verses 1 through 2. I want to talk about here real quick. All right. Psalm 24, 1, through, 1 and 2. It says, The earth is the Lord's and, the, and its fullness. The world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. The word of God says that the earth, say earth, is the Lord's and its fullness. The devil has never created anything. You understand that? The devil, Satan, Lucifer, the bad guy. He has never created anything on this earth. What he has done He takes what belongs to God and he twists it. He perverts it. He corrupts it and he uses it for evil, for his evil kingdom. You following me? Now I need you to get a revelation of this. So Lucifer and fallen angels got kicked out of heaven. And here's what happened. They are on this earth now and they are trying to occupy the earth, which is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Are you following me right now? The devil is an intruder. The enemy uses unbelievers to advance the kingdom of darkness on this earth. But God uses his people, Christians, to advance the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to notice there is a a common thread between the two kingdoms. They both use people. They both, there, there is the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God is not advanced without a person cooperating with that kingdom. You following me? It can't get advanced without a, a cooperation with an individual. All right. So by default with unbelievers, the kingdom of darkness is, is advanced if Christians do nothing. That is why the enemy loves when a Christian is frozen. He loves when a Christian is stuck in that escape mentality. He absolutely loves it when they do nothing for the kingdom of God. They're stuck. They're frozen. You ready for this? They're a part of the, I love this phrase, frozen chosen. (laughs) They're a part of the frozen. They're stuck. 
They're not doing anything for God. They're, are they born again? Yes, absolutely. But man, they're doing nothing to help in the kingdom of God. They're like that employee sitting around in Paul's business, constantly looking at the watch and talking about the end of the day and not doing any work. God's given you talents. And he expects you to invest those back in. He expects you to seed those things and get a return on his investment in your life. Amen? God is counting on us to rise up and occupy or take back what rightfully belongs to him and to his people. That's us. That is why we as Christians are called and referred to in the word of God as soldiers. We're trying to take it back. Say, say, take it back. We are soldiers. Whether you know it, whether you like it or not, you're a soldier. You might be a good soldier. You might be a horrible soldier, but you're a soldier. Are you following me? Anybody feel like they've been in boot camp? <laughs> so, so we're expected to take back what rightfully belongs to God. And here's the amazing thing. He has given us his Holy Spirit within us to accomplish that mission. And if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, not only do you have the Holy Ghost within, you have the Holy Ghost upon you. Jesus said you shall receive power. You, you Don't try to be a soldier out there without that power. Don't do it. Don't do it. I, I'm telling you right now, it'll flop. We need that power. There's a reason why Jesus told 500 people, listen, I, I know you're excited and you want to go minister and uh, I get it. But go up to that upper room and just wait a little bit till the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall receive power. Amen? Church, we need to press in for an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I, I believe we did today totally. Are you following me? You felt the presence of God in this place? We need his manifest presence to saturate us. Now, when I'm talking about advancing the kingdom of God, I'm talking about prayer. Prayer in your known language, prayer in tongues, uh, laying hands on the sick, watching them recover, casting out demons, allowing the prophetic to flow through your life, uh, speaking the word of God, uh, biblical declarations, planting the seed of the word of God in people, getting them born again. It all comes to this. You're trying to take back. You're trying to advance God's kingdom and take ground away from Satan's kingdom. That's all it comes down to. Any act of obedience to the Word of God, any act of obedience to the Word of God and the Holy Spirit literally takes ground away from the enemy and advances the kingdom of God. You know, so you can, take, you can take ground back from him, even from sitting in your own home, on the telephone, calling, praying with people, our prayer call. We're taking ground away from Satan just on our prayer call, aren't we? I'm telling you right now, there's power in that. Amen? Wherever our feet tread as well, we need to know that we have the potential to advance the kingdom of God. Whatever, you know, hey, oh, thank you. Holy Ghost just reminded me of something. It's like this. All of us Christians on Sunday, we go to the you know, oven and all these restaurants, right? Even just being nice to the waiter or the waitress. You're taking ground. Because you know what? Those, un, those unbelievers in the place, okay, they're expecting the church folk, come on, to be rude. Unfortunately, many are. Come on, somebody. Everywhere you go, you can impact someone. Amen? 
wherever we drive out anything associated with the devil and the curse, say curse. Anything we drive, anything out of the devil or anything associated with the curse, we are advancing the kingdom of God. Whenever we lead someone to Christ, man, the kingdom of God is, is advanced. And we are expected, listen, to touch heaven so that we can change earth. Amen? Now, we are representing heaven on earth. This is very interesting. We are, did you know this? We are dual citizens. If you're a Christian, you, your citizenship is in heaven, but you're a citizen on this earth too. You can legally advance the kingdom of God on this earth as long as you're in this earth suit. Amen. Are you following me? The minute your earth suit's gone, well, well you're done here, right? <laughs> but we are legal citizens in both locations. We sit with Christ in heavenly places. We have all authority. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, here we go. You need to let this truth get inside of your spirit and thought life. Listen to this. The devil and all the forces of evil, they are afraid of you. Did you know that? If you're a Christian, they are afraid of you. If we just had that revelation, it would just rock our Christian walk. They are afraid of you waking up and realizing who you are and what you have in Christ. That is their goal, to keep you down and not, don't, don't meditate on that fact. Don't read the word about that fact. Don't, and, and, and by all means, don't go out and put action to that. That's what the enemy wants. Jesus prayed to his heavenly father. He said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Touching heaven, changing earth. Isaiah 60, 1 through 2, talked about the glory of the Lord rising upon us. Let's talk a little bit about the glory, the manifest presence of God. One of my favorite topics to talk about. If you truly want to change this earth, you need to touch heaven by pressing in and seeking God for his glory or manifest presence over your life. I'm telling you right now, the, oh, this is powerful. Say glory. Have you ever been in a service, maybe some of you experienced it today, you literally feel his manifest presence on your physical body. You feel, say feel, you feel him. That's the glory. If we would press in and seek him for his manifest presence, I promise you things will begin to flow. You, you'll be able to minister and it comes easy. You're not working at it. When the anointing's flowing, when the glory is flowing off of your life, it's easy. Say easy. Here we go. The Hebrew word translated glory in Isaiah 60 is kabod. Listen to this. It is defined as the weightiness. In other words, you can feel him. You can feel him. That which is substantial or heavy, glory, honor, splendor, power, wealth, Authority, magnificence, fame, dignity, riches, excellency. Everything that God is, is wrapped up in his presence. It's the glory. It's God's glory. It's not only his honor, renown, majesty. That's why I love that song, Majesty, we sing today. Amen. It's also his visible presence. That was filling Solomon's temple. The other word for glory is Shekinah. It means the dwelling, the settling, or the dwelling and settling of the divine manifest presence of God. 
I, and I'm going to be talking about this in days to come and maybe at our deeper waters meetings that we're going to be have. I think that's maybe where I'll touch on it first. In 2007, I had an experience with the Lord that just rocked my world forever. But it's powerful, and it, it was the, the glory of God, the manifest presence of God, angelic encounters. I'm telling you, there's so much more for Christians to delve into. Amen? Now listen to this. As I was studying on this, the color associated with the glory of God is yellow. Is yellow for gold. Here's what's interesting about that. People that have been in revival meetings, in services, and Marianne and I, this in my revival experiences that I had before I was even pastoring, what would happen when the presence of God got thick in a place people would get this gold sparkling substance on them. And friends, that is called, that's a sign and a wonder. And in the church world, we call it gold dust. When his presence, I guarantee you, in fact, some of you, you might even want to look. And if you look close, you could see sparkles on your hands. Uh, It would be sparkles all over our clothes when his manifest presence would come into a place. It's powerful. It's a sign. People say, well, why would God do that? I don't know. It's a sign and a wonder. It makes It's a sign and it makes you wonder. Hello, somebody. That's what it does. Amen? Spending time in the glory, the manifest presence of God will change your life and ministry forever. So I want to encourage you. When you're praying to the Lord, when you're seeking more of Him, I want to, I want to challenge you. Pray this. Lord, let, let your glory saturate my life. Pray that. I pray that. Lord, let your glory saturate my life. In fact, when I come into this sanctuary to pray when I'm here in the office, the first thing I do is, Lord, I'll walk in. I kid you not. This is always. Lord, fill this place with your manifest presence and glory. Fill this place with your holy angels, your holy ministering spirits, everything associated with your kingdom. Fill this place. That's the, you, you give that invitation. Say invitation. Give the invitation. Amen? But when that glory is flowing, like I said, things are easy. Increase. uh, Just things. The favor of God increases in your life. You start to see miracles, signs, and wonders. Healings when you're ministering to people. Uh, I mean, there is a marked difference on your life. When the glory is on you, people are drawn to a place. I believe that's why people are going to start filling this place because we are seeking the Lord for his manifest presence. We're seeking it. Amen. When the glory of God is on a place, it draws people. That's why when a revival and awakening happens, um, all these revivals, you know, the Pensacola one and all that, people will come from all over the world. And some people are like, why do I feel drawn to there? Because the glory is there. So that's what we need, church. That's what we need to pray for. Fill this place, fill my life with the glory. Lord, fill it with your glory. I'm telling you, there's a key to that, praying that. So the question is then, how do we tap into heaven? How do we rip open heaven? How do we create that? Here's what, here we go. The portal of glory of his presence over your life. How do we do that? Well, number one, the first key is this, obedience. Say obedience. Obedience. Obey the Holy Spirit in what He's telling you to do for your life personally. See, He's telling you to do some things that He's not telling me to do. Everybody's different on a different level. Are you following me? Those instructions are tailored just for you. Amen? 
Don't fight the Holy Spirit. Submit to him. By the way, submitting to God is humility. Submit to God. Resist the devil. You're resisting the devil when you're submitting to God. Are you following me? They're like twins. All right? So there are some things the Holy Spirit's requiring of you. And then there are some things. Here, this is the shift. Get this. I mean, I don't have much longer, so stay awake for me. Here we go. Ready? All of you are. I know you are. But those online, someone's sleeping right now. All right, here we go. There are some things the Holy Spirit's requiring of you, but then there are some things you need to do without the Holy Spirit nudging you all the time. The Holy Spirit showed me something powerful here. And this is where we get the verse in James 4.8. Go there with me real quick. James 4.8. The Holy Spirit made this very clear. If you want the glory of God, the manifest presence of God on your life, Listen, this is a key right here that he gave me. Very powerful. You know, sometimes, you know when the Holy Spirit's constantly having to nudge and convict someone, do this, do this, do this. The Holy Spirit said this. If you want the presence, oh, no, okay, hold on. Let's read this first. Mm, James 4, 8, here it goes. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, the Holy Spirit, here it is. He spoke these words to me. Ready? He said, if my people will willingly draw near to me and make the effort with a pure heart, I will manifest my presence in their life in a greater dimension than if I constantly have to convict and remind them. Are you following me? This is key right here. This is the difference between someone who keeps God in their thought life and someone who always has to be reminded to come on back. And there's another key. Keep him in your thought life constantly. Do whatever you can do to keep him. The word says, forget not. I'm telling you right now, this is the difference between uh, uh, just a standard Christian and those who are going to walk in the glory and in the presence of God with miracles, signs, and wonders. And then the Holy Spirit brought this verse to me. So remember, you're going to walk in a greater dimension of His glory, of His presence, if you will take the effort yourself without Him always having to nudge you. And then He brought this scripture to me. Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. Look at this. We all, most of us know it, but let's just look at it. Immediate, when I was in my office and, I, and I, he gave me that word and wrote it out, immediately he brought this scripture to me. <clears throat> he said, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that here it is. This is the key. This is his presence. This is the reward. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The reward, listen to me, the reward is not winning the lottery. Are you following me? The reward is not money. The reward is his presence, his glory. And when you got the glory of God on your life, man, the favor of God is all over your life too. Are you following me? My goodness. God is a rewarder of those who, the key is diligently seeking him. And those who seek Those who seek, in other words, those who willingly do it on their own, by their own free will. Willingness deals with your heart attitude. 
Those who truly want to know our Heavenly Father more, it's not burdensome. It's a joy. It's a joy to spend time in the Word. It's a joy to spend time in His presence. Amen? But listen to me. Here we go. It's impossible to seek God apart from prayer, reading, and studying the Word of God. But that's not the end goal even. Are you ready for this? We're going deeper. Say deeper. Say deeper waters. Because there are many Christians that pray, read, and study the Word, and they have never had an experience in the manifest presence of God. So what, then, is the difference? There's some wonderful Christians who pray all the time, right? Spend time in the Word. But why do some seem to go deeper into the spirit realm with the Lord? Why? You want to know? Those, listen, those that do all the right things but have never experienced his manifest presence, his glory in their life, they're missing one thing. The Holy Spirit said this to me. A heart open to receive revelation and the willingness to press in for that breakthrough. To receive, say, revelation. See, traditions of man, Jesus said, can make the word of God of no effect. Amen? Revel- See, there, there, there's two enemies. There's traditions of man. It's an enemy of revelation from the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? So praying, reading, and studying the word, they're great. They're needful. We all need to do it as Christians. Amen? But all those things, here it is, are a setup for the next level in your Christian life. You ready? Being open to receive revelation from the Holy Spirit to take you higher, to make you more conscious of who you are in Christ and who and what He has for you in Christ. Say revelation. revelation. The Holy Spirit spoke these words to me. You ready for this? More revelation, more manifestation. <laughs> if you, I'm telling you, people that have had in holy encounters with the Lord. It's a stark difference. I guarantee you those people will say, the Holy Spirit, I was open to receiving revelation from the Holy Spirit. Because here's what happened. Many people, the Holy Spirit will try to give revelation, but they're stuck in their ways. There are people, many are stuck in their ways, and so the tradition stops revelation from coming. Are you following me right now? Now, you've got to know... So. Um, more, more revelation, more manifestation. And this is why the devil fights Christians so hard in, the, in our prayer life. He is trying to stop us from getting more revelation. He, here we go. Revelation takes place in your spirit. Revelation takes place in your heart, not your head. Oh, come on, we're going somewhere here. Revelation creates a conviction, a knowing that nobody can talk you out of in your life. See, someone who tries coming up to me and say, well, God doesn't heal today. And I just kind of laugh and say, I'm sorry, I know too much evidence. I've seen too much. There's, I could never, come on, go back to that place to believe that. Why? Because I got a revelation. Not only do we got word on it, but when the word has to turn into revelation in your heart. And many people are keeping it right here in their head. And it's a dam. It's a block. You following me? See, you can talk to someone over and over about Jesus, right? 
But until they have a revelation in their heart that of who Christ is and that they need him, it will not be real to that person. Let's just start with the foundation of getting born again, right? You can tell someone till you're blue in the face. You know, whoever it is, a family member or a, a friend, you can tell them till you're blue in the face. But until the light comes on in their spirit, wow. Jesus is the Christ. He died for me. I need him. I am a sinner. I'm on my way to hell without Jesus. Until that light bulb comes on, you're not making any progress. But you're planting seeds. Now, here's where I want to go with that. Are you ready for this? Planting seeds from the word of God is leading up to that moment, that revelation that will change their life. You know all you're doing? when? You, oh, come on now. When you're planting seeds in a person, you're filling their revelation bucket. You're filling, you know, I, all I can think of is that Splash Village. I love Splash Village and Frankenmuth, you know, all that water park. Man, me and the kids, I have more fun than them, I think. But there's a, there's a part in there where there's, a, there's a, like a, a pail up top, and it's getting filled with water. And when it gets too filled, when it gets so filled, it dumps over. When you're watering, uh, when you're planting seeds and watering, all you're doing is you're filling the revelation bucket. One day, that bucket's going to get to the point, that tipping point. It's going to tip over, and they're going to say, what must I do to be saved? Are you following me? My goodness. So don't ever stop planting seeds. Don't stop filling that revelation bucket. Man, I'm telling you, we're hitting a bullseye in the, in the spirit today. Amen. It was revelation knowledge that gave the Apostle Paul the boldness and courage to change the world with the gospel message, even in the face of death. Paul, you better stop or, or I'm going to kill you. Nope, I'm not. Guess what? I have, two, I have revelation, and that drove Paul. Here's the deal. If you're not willing to sacrifice for Christ, guess what? Your revelation bucket's too empty. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. It wasn't just head knowledge for Paul. It dropped into his spirit. It became revelation on the inside of them. I'm on my last page here, people, so here we go. We're on final approach. He was also, listen to this, let me point out another thing about Paul. He was also willing to press in for more revelation and the power of God. Why? Where am I taught? Where, where, where would I even get that from? How do we know Paul would do that? Here it is. Paul said these words, I pray in tongues more than you all. Oh, you want more revelation? You want your revelation bucket filled? I recommend you better increase your time in praying in tongues. You let the Holy Ghost pray the perfect will of God through you. I, I can tell you this without a doubt. The biggest breakthroughs, spiritual breakthroughs, and breakthroughs in my life, in my ministry, they all came when I increased my praying in tongues. I can, I can mark it back. I can put it right on a map. Every breakthrough, I prayed in tongues. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. So we know this is a key to show us that Paul was hungry for more revelation. 
He was open to allowing the Holy Spirit to stretch him, to mold him. He was willing to let go of worthless traditions of man and just head knowledge. In fact, he said all the religious junk that he learned, he said it's all dung. It's all waste. It's junk. It's worthless compared, here's what he said, to knowing Christ, revelation of who Christ is, not just book knowledge. Oh my goodness. Did you catch that? Knowing Christ is a revelation of who he is. Oh my. He was pressing in. Oh man. In fact, he was a man of the word of God, but also a powerful, uh, he was he was also seeking that powerful dynamic relationship with the author of the word, the Holy Spirit. See, this is what this is where Christians are just missing it. It's great. We need to get into the word. The word of God is supernatural. It's powerful. Amen. Jesus said, he said, when I go, he said, the Holy Spirit's going to come and teach you more things. I'm telling you right now, you know what he's talking about? He's saying the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes, he goes, you're going to read my word. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to dig into those scriptures more and give you more revelation on how to apply those in your life. He's going to give you more revelation. He's going to expand them. Now, there's some circles in the Christian faith that, you know, they say this. They say, well, if it's not in the word, it's out of there. And, and, and my thing to them is I say, well, show me where it talks about Sunday school in there. Are you following me? Now, I'm not saying we believe anything outside of the Word. What I'm saying is the Holy Spirit takes the Word and shows us how to apply it, how to do more things, how to reach this generation. How to, are you following me? So this is our boundary. The Word of God is our boundary. If something's outside of the Word of God, you'll know it. You want to know why? Because your little discernment ticker will go off on the inside of your spirit. You following me? So I'm not, I'm by no means suggesting I'm going outside of the word. What I'm saying is the Holy Spirit will keep you always within the boundaries of the word. But he expands the understanding of the word. Why? Because he was the author of it. So if you're going to make an impact on this earth for the Lord Jesus Christ, we need the glory. We need his manifest presence. We need an open heaven over our life. That quite often you'll hear that, that phrase, an open heaven. All that means is his presence is over your life. His glory, his manifest presence. Amen? I'm not just talking about his presence. Manifest presence. We know God's everywhere. He's omnipresent, right? We know that. He's everywhere. But he doesn't manifest his presence everywhere. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that reward is his presence in your life. I love that. So Christians, listen, those who are so wrapped up in this world, they have a knowledge of the word and they know what it says, but they refuse to jump into the river of God. They kept it all up here instead of letting it drop into the heart. If you're too entangled with the world, that knowledge will be stuck in the head. And, and it's like I said, it's like a dam blocking the revelation from the heart. The world is looking for a heavenly experience. Do you know that? They're all out there and they're trying to find them with drugs and all these other things. You know that's what they're trying. They're looking for a heavenly experience. They're seeking a revelation that they don't even know what they're looking for. <laughs> 
That's where we come along and plant the seeds. Amen? That's why we're commanded to preach and teach the gospel. We are setting them up. I love it. Let's end on this. We are setting them up to have a revelation from the Holy Spirit. So church, let's pr- let's press in for more revelation. When we're praying on the phone, when we're praying in here, in your personal life, seek the Lord. Lord, let a spirit of wisdom and revelation be released in my life. I'm telling you, when you start to get a revelation, it will ignite Holy Ghost fire on the inside of you. More revelation, more manifestation. Amen? Let's prepare and position ourselves for revival. Let's stand up in this place. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that word. Revelation. Remember, don't, if you leave with anything, remember that word that the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I will manifest my presence in a greater dimension for those who do it by their own free will, and I don't always have to nudge and remind them, keep him in your thought life. Amen? Now, maybe there's someone in here, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Don't leave this place without doing it, because you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, meet me, over, meet me up front or in the corner over there, and I want to pray with you to be born again, to make Jesus Lord of your life. Maybe there's someone in here, You made Jesus Lord of your life a long time ago, but frankly, if you died right now, you have no clue if you'd be going to heaven. Too big of a gamble. Meet me over here. Let's rededicate your life today. Amen? Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. I'm telling you right now, that is, man, that is so key to walking in the power of God and and, in His presence. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, meet me up front I want to pray with you. You you need, you need. It's not a matter of a living waters thing. This is a biblical thing. It came from Jesus Christ himself, not James Brandt. Amen? Now, if you need a healing, physical, emotional, you need prayer for a family member, anything, meet me over there. We're going to be available to pray for you. The altar call team's uh, available in us. But listen, get involved with us with our prayer. I'm telling you, what you've experienced today in this service, it's the fruit of prayer. This is the fruit of pressing in. Amen? Also, I don't want you to forget, you'll see the table in the back there that have the 12 different ministry teams that we're forming. If you have a desire to serve in any of those, man, we welcome you. I'm telling you, we got work to do. Amen? We got a, we got a region to reach, and we need people. We need soldiers for Christ to rise up. So put your name down. Listen, we're not going to, you know, we're not slave masters here. We're, we'll take into account, you know, we know you guys got you, you got your own lives. You got family. Listen, there's no control here. But if you want to get involved somehow, put your name over there. Amen? Amen. That's what, when you start getting involved, you're going to have a blast doing it. Amen? Amen? All right, everyone. We'll have a blessed week. Come on back. We're pressing in for another encounter next Sunday. We'll see you then. God bless you. If you guys need to talk, call me. <laughs> Love you all.